You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. So I have a question for you. Shoot. When is too early for Christmas and holiday advertising? Anything before December 1st. Okay. Because the like two or three ads that played just before our show, very Christmas heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'm a little bit of a Grinch. It I is think. November 13th, everybody. <laughs> like, there's still so much time. It's not even American Thanksgiving yet. Like, it's not. Yeah, we have to get to Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah, which is after America Thanksgiving? I think it's the Friday before the Thanksgiving. Well, there you go. That's that's our official opinion on screening yeah. at Kingston. We believe I, it's too early. I have <laughs> bought in Christmas things, but I wouldn't broadcast it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I would understand if you want to get a head start on shopping yeah. or you see something perfect for someone. Like, that's totally... I mean, of course it's fine. It's fine for anyone to do anything. I just think that it's a little early for everyone to be so advertising christmas when we're, we're not even at december yet i saw christmas decorations up literally november 1st in my neighborhood oh, there you go that's a bold move disagree that's a power move not a great plan <laughs> not a great plan um so today's show we are reviewing um a movie we both saw that's at the screening room uh, a beautiful boy mm-hmm. is it called a beautiful boy or just i think beautiful, it's just beautiful, beautiful boy. boy beautiful boy um which uh we both have quite a bit to say about and i think um you know there's this is really for me this is the kickoff of oscar season yeah this is like this is the beginning where second weekend in november the oscar films start coming out because they want uh the studios want them fresh in your mind yeah. for oscar season yeah. well that's that's why it's like like november and december yeah, you're you're in order to qualify for the Oscars, your movie has to come out in 2018 mm-hmm. and has to play in a certain amount of theaters, um, specifically usually in, in Los Angeles, but still has to have a relatively like not national, but you have to open across right. multiple venues. So um, no it, film circuit or yeah, like oh. the film festival stuff will reopen now. Like anything that went to like TIFF yeah. that wants to qualify this year will open in December. Mm-hmm. So long as it opens before the 31st, it qualifies. People often are confused because movies run into January and February. Those movies have opened in 2018 yes. to qualify for the Oscars that are in 2019. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's from the previous year. So yeah. So we're going to review that movie. We have some fan questions to get to some of which that we didn't get to last week. Um, we of course have the return of not a great plan. Um, and we have a, a special list yes. that Taylor put together for Megan. Yeah. Okay. So this list is specifically for Megan. Well, it was inspired by last week's question. Mm-hmm. I was caught off guard by the, what movie would you recommend for a night in? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of thinking about that. And then my friend Megan um, took a tumble and broke her wrist. Oof. And she's been asking for movie recs because she's kind of off work for a little while. So mm-hmm. I thought, mm-hmm. what a great opportunity to do a top 10 cozy night in. Great. So so we'll get to that later on. So we've got top 10 cozy night in movies um, with, I guess, some bonus movies. You have some that didn't make the list, which we'll talk Only about. Only because... 10 is such a small number. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess so. Um, and then next week, we have a very special episode that we have decided to do. We are doing a Movember mustache episode yes. next week. That means we will be counting down what are our favorite all-time Hollywood mustaches and 
what are some Hollywood mustache fails? Yeah. Though they exist. I think Brad, Pitt, Brad Pitt's had some interesting facial hair through yes. his career. Yes. <laughs> there was a time when Brad Pitt couldn't grow facial hair. <laughs> Poor Bubby. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll be doing that next week. So tune into next week's episode for our Movember mustache yes. episode. But let's get to some fan questions to start things off. Our first question comes from Ronald Coleman who describes himself as a friend of the show. Great. Hello, Taylor and Mike. Um, went to see Colette uh, on the weekend, and I would have to agree with Taylor's overall assessment of the film. I found the most interesting part of the movie was the recap of the lives of the actual people that the film was based on. I think there was an interesting story to tell here about them, but the film fell short of that. So this thing, did this happen like at the end of the film? Like they go through and like, do pictures or yeah at the very end they okay. kind of roll uh in the credits they do kind of a post like what happened to colette afterwards and that would have made a much better movie so if the best part of the film it's is the credits. the credits that's usually not good no okay so there <laughs> also, you go i'd say do yourself a favor and just read the wikipedia articles okay of the and that people. They, that's the same as seeing this movie yeah <laughs> that everyone on this show hates um uh, and then uh, Ronald continues and says, um, what also stood out during the, this film was the viewing audience. I don't know if you've ever experienced people arriving late for a film um, or persistent chatter during the film um, for some moviegoers. Certainly the audience for Colette fell into this description. I am always surprised when people arrive late, not when the opening trailers are showing, but after the feature actually starts. That was actually going to be my question, so there you go. Um, all seem to face the same dilemma, standing in the dark uh, with only the light of the film, trying to find a seat, sometimes walking across the screen so that their silhouette of their heads become part of everyone's viewing experience. Um, or those who must talk during the movie, giving comments on or clarification on what just occurred in the film. Any thoughts on your experiences? I'm definitely, everyone who knows me, punctuality is a huge thing for me. I show up to movies sometimes an hour early. Like, I'm very... Me too. Uh, and not just movies, just in general. I think some people have lost the fine art of punctuality in our society. When a movie starts at 2 o'clock, why, oh, why would you ever show up at, to like, 2.10? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. Also, you've just missed the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just wait for the next showing? I, these people who are perpetually late for things, I don't, I don't really get it. And I understand that things happen here and there, and like life happens, and, and traffic jams, traffic whatever. Jams, yeah. But I don't know. Again, I don't know how everyone is. But if I was planning to see a movie, and I showed up to that movie, and I was late by five or ten minutes, I probably wouldn't see that movie. No. Like I don't think I'd buy a ticket and walk. No. In. I wouldn't want to because I've missed part of the movie. Maybe I might buy a ticket for a later one or go see something else instead. But I don't think I would see the movie. To be honest, never in my life have I been late for a movie because I show up so yeah, early. Yeah. I want a good seat. I want my popcorn. So anyways, I totally agree. I think it's rude. And now people are using their cell phones as flashlights. Yeah, I don't like that. So, um, but the second part of the question is people chattering. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm guilty. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I think there's a bit for, for theater etiquette. Cause like, I want to talk about theater etiquette anyway. Like theater, I think, like in a movie theater yeah, or like theater theater in a movie theater, okay. like movie theater etiquette. I don't think there's a problem with someone once in a while whispering something. Yeah. Because and knowing the difference between a whisper and a speaking, but mm -hmm. I have gone to movies where um, 
I'm sitting there and during like uh, the movie we reviewed last week, um, The Old Man and the Gun. Yes. There were there were times when, uh, you know, he'd open a box and there'd be gold in it and someone would say, there's gold in that box. <laughs> and they'd be, you know, the guy would walk in. He has a gun. That oh, happened, he's walking. That happened to you while you he were just watching opened the door. Yeah, he's opening the door now. It's just, why are you narrating? Like, are you with someone who, who doesn't understand or can't, I don't know. like Hearing what, impaired. Yeah, or hearing whatever. impaired or whatever. But even then, it's like, you know, I don't understand why you're recounting the film for yourself and whoever you're Definitely with. Definitely rude. Yeah, and, and know the difference between a whisper and speaking full volume. Yeah. And I've had that happen so many I do not mind if someone whispers every once in a mm-hmm. while. It's not that distracting to me. And usually you, you can barely, like, if it's not audible, yeah. you can barely hear, like, whatever. I've been in situations where my eyes are so bad, something small pops up on the screen you're supposed to read and someone has had to lean over and, like, whisper, yeah. this is what it says. But I've never been in a scenario where I've ha- I've felt the need to explain what I'm just seeing on on screen as it's happening. The only time that that's happened to me where I've had to do that is seeing a horror movie. And, like, the person I was with just was like, I don't get what just happened. Yeah, yeah. And you have to kind of, you know, low-key whisper to it. But to me, the etiquette is low-key whisper, fine. Every once in a while, fine. Constant talking. Yeah, no. No. Just don't do it. Just Not in a theater. You're not in your living room. And and that's the I think that's the thing that people are starting to lose. But I do not want to blame young people. Uh, that do is you, normally. You think it's an older person? No, probably? I don't. I don't think it's related to age whatsoever. Right. I think it's just the personality of the person. But I, I'm saying I notice it in everybody. So the right. first thing people are say about this because there's lots of articles about theater etiquette. They're saying, well, Netflix has ruined theater etiquette. That is wrong. People have ruined theater etiquette, yeah, and it doesn't that matter. Are chatty are going to be yeah, chatty. No yeah. matter what. I most of the most of the people that are chatty generally are older, mm-hmm. but. I have definitely noticed teenagers doing it. I've noticed people my own age doing it. I've noticed friends. I've had friends do it where they, they yeah. won't shut up in the middle of the movie. And yeah. it's just like eventually you have to, you know, you have to realize you are in a public place where mm-hmm. everyone's enjoying a film. The the every once in a while comment, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I've had a friend who made me laugh out loud once because of a comment he said to me in the theater. It was very funny. I'll never forget that. But it's not constant. And I think that that's yeah. the difference. The chatter me. versus yeah, the, chatter. The, the low-key whisper. Yeah, low-key whisper, one comment versus talking the whole time. Also, it goes the other way, too. The person who constantly asks questions. Yeah. That person oh. also needs to save their questions. There's nothing I dislike more than someone who's asking questions in the middle of a movie. Why don't you watch the movie and then you <laughs> might get them answered? Like a good movie will answer <laughs> yeah. most of your questions. But, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but I do think, like, theoretically-wise, I think everybody could have a little lesson in. Oh, yeah. For you know, sure. remember when you're at the theater, you're not in your living room. You're watching something with everyone for the first time. People want to enjoy it. It's okay to have your popcorn. It's okay mm-hmm. to have your drink. Like, it's okay to make a little bit of noise here and there. But yeah, you try to arrive on time if you're seeing a movie. D- don't don't stand up in the middle of the movie. Don't interrupt people with your conversations. Like, just have a little bit of I want to respect people around me and make yeah, sure they're be aware. Good time. Being people aware. need to be yeah, aware. That's of all their you have to do. Um, thank you to Ronald Coleman for your question. Um, our next question comes from uh, our number one fan, Chris, who asks, I'm confused as to what you use to judge movies. When you both look, uh, look, sorry, when you both look for to make, I don't know. What do you both look for? Oh, what do you, okay, all right, it's me, it's not Chris, that's the problem. What do you both look for to make a movie a see it versus a skip it versus a stream it? 
I'm going to be very honest with you, Chris. It comes down to personal opinion. Yeah. I think we've both been pretty clear that we're not saying we're film experts. We're just yeah. film fans. Yeah, film buffs. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, there are, like, a certain... Uh, you know, we both inv- individually have things that make a good movie. Yep. I think we talked yep. about that on the first episode. Yep. So we kind of have our personal um, sort of uh, meter for movies. Also, we've seen enough movies that hopefully we know a good movie when we see one. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, th- I do think you're, you're right. Is like it's so subjective that it is personal opinion first and foremost. I think even professional movie yeah. editors or reviewers, sorry. Definitely. Yeah. All all reviewers of everything, I think, is personal opinion first and foremost. And then they usually back it up with the experience yeah. that you're talking about. And I think that's where you and I come from is because we've seen so many movies and we continue to see so many, we start to recognize more what's mm-hmm. a good movie and what's a bad movie. That's not to say that other people who don't see as many movies can recognize that. But I do think the more I will say them and I because I've seen this in myself, the more you, movies you see, the more you recognize good ones. Yeah, the more, the, the more sophisticated your palate yeah. becomes. Yeah, and that's the same with anything, Yeah, I think. The, the more exposure you have to it, the more sort of, yeah, I, that's a good word, actually. The yeah. more sophisticated your palate does come for this type of thing. I would say it's yeah. the same with, like, music. You mm-hmm. know, someone, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, I listen to music, but I'm not immersed in music mm-hmm. culture, so someone who is would know more. They would be able Definitely. to tell me an album's better than another one, you know Definitely. what I mean? Definitely, So, but I'd yeah. say... I've seen enough movies. And if you're looking for something specific, like for me, I would say the things I look for are usually the same. Does the plot make sense in the world that they've created? It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to make sense in terms of realistic, but it does have to make sense in terms of the rules of Mm -hmm. the world they're creating for us. Are the characters believable and portrayed well and interesting and fleshed out and deep? And there's, you know, there's substance there. Um, And yeah, overall, is it an entertaining experience from point a to b to c does Mm -hmm. it make sense where it travels are there you know holes in it and then there's other mechanical things i personally look for like editing and use of visuals and use of locations and that type of thing like cinematography Mm -hmm. like i look at that as well but really yeah but really like to me the difference between a see it and stream it is pretty close it means the movie is worth seeing but i say we came up with the see it, stream it, skip it, kind of for fun. But really, it was just a skip it is just a movie that you will lose nothing by not seeing. Yeah. Whereas stream it is like, uh, like you can, you might like it, you might not, but you can wait to see it. You're not in a rush. No. But see it is, for me, is go out and see it now because it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And the movie experience is different on the big screen. That's another yeah. thing for me. Totally. Even if a movie isn't, say, as good as a stream it movie, the fact that you need to see it in the theater kind of impacts the experience like that's what i was with mandy like you should see it in the theater but not stream it because of the experience but you weren't necessarily saying mandy is the best movie (laughs) in existence (laughs) for sure (laughs) cool thank you um again chris for for the question i hope that helped um in terms of how we look at movies um we have another chris who's emailing yes new chris chris number two chris number two asks why don't you go through the weekend box office at all well, we were talking about in terms of connecting it to the screening room, that would be tough. Um, yeah. We'd have to like talk to Wendy and see if she'd give us box office mm-hmm. info, but, which I feel like I don't know if that's really relevant. We could talk about like the overall box yeah. office. Like, we could recap the weekend for movies all, all, you know, overall. Would it necessarily impact or have anything to do with the movies 
we're talking about maybe not it's hard because the movies we see aren't opening necessarily when they are opening nationwide no like we get the movies a couple weeks um behind yeah yeah so by the time we're giving the box office numbers it doesn't directly relate to the movies we're seeing at all yeah but i mean you know every once in a while we if something interesting happened to the box office we could talk about it yeah like the venom was very Mm -hmm. interesting that it beat the box office it was the top of the box office for that weekend well maybe we'll start doing that i don't know if people want yeah yeah, if everyone wants us to do that we could talk about the box office i mean tuesdays is a good time to do that because the Mm -hmm. weekend's happened yeah I'm I'm open to it. Just okay. know that it's not listeners. Know that it's not going to directly impact our own viewing because no. of the scheduling. Yeah, no, and and the the few times that we go to see a movie in the multiplex and review it is usually for you know a special yeah. circumstance. Um, you know, we wanted to, you know when Wendy was here, she wanted to talk about Stars Born, so we went to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we might some of the bigger films that I'm really interested in, we might review and talk right. about. And same with you, like if there's mm-hmm. something you really want to talk about, we will. But otherwise, yeah, we're trying to stick to the screening room. But yeah. So thank you, everyone, for your questions this week. Um, just as a reminder how you can contribute to the show, you can email us questions anytime to screeninginkingston at gmail.com. You can use the hashtag, hashtag screeninginygk on any of our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send questions in that way. You can comment um, to send in a question. You can direct message us or, again, email us at screeninginkingston at gmail.com. So that's it for fan questions. Um, Why don't we dive into your list? Why don't you give us the breakdown of what are the 10 movies that you're recommending people if you're staying in? Sure. I should mention that this is completely biased. These are the movies that I watch when I'm staying in or, you know, be it like it's a a rainy fall night or if I'm feeling a little bit low, maybe I have the flu. So these are movies that um, I can watch over and over and over again. And I think they're kind of, they're classic standby movies. Okay. And again, they're for Megan in particular. Okay. These are are really (laughs) 10 movies for Megan. For Megan. But you know what? If you've also broken your wrist or have the flu, you can watch them too. Okay. So (laughs) are these movies really specific to you've broken your wrist and you have the flu? No. Okay. But that would be great. <laughs> Very specific. Okay. I would have to read. I think if it was like a flu movie, I would have a different okay. list. But anyways, okay. anyways. Okay, break it so, down for us. Number one, Pretty Woman. Okay, Pretty Woman. A I classic. think that's pretty well known. Yeah. Um, number two, Clueless. Okay, I could see that. Because you like don't have to pay attention as much? Or? Yeah, and it's just like fun and breezy and it's it's funny. I think it's funny. Sure. But it's like whatever. You know, personal preference. Okay, like yeah. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were bringing in this like don't comment personal preference. No, by no, all no, means. Let's, let's go through. Let's. Okay. And then maybe tell me what you think. Though. Sure. Well, hear, well, why don't you go hear. through the list and yeah. then we can talk okay. about specific ones. Yeah. So number three, Dirty Dancing. Okay. The original one. Okay, not, the original. not any of the remakes or sequels. Um, for Saved. Saved. I don't have With Mandy that. Moore and um, Macaulay Culkin. Okay. And uh, she's really she's really big now, but she wasn't big when this movie came out, and I forget her name. She was in, um, she made kind of a, she was in an appearance in the Hunger Games trilogy. Anyways, I, I apologize. She's very talented. Like but a, one of the main people in the She was like one of the tributes, like one of the other mm, tributes okay. she's like know. the sexy one that like undresses in the elevator i have seen the hunger games once oh and i think only one or two of them so i that, that okay. doesn't help yeah i apologize i want to say her name is Gemma. 
something. Like you're not talking about Jennifer Lawrence. You're not. Talking no, about, okay. no, by no means. Like I said, she was kind of. She has worked steadily through Hollywood, but okay. only now is she kind of gotcha. making waves. So saved, really okay. great movie. Saved. Okay. Um, the Secret Garden, which is my yeah, favorite yeah, movie, right. it has yeah. to make the list. The Goonies, which I choice. mentioned last week for my stay in movie. Escape from New York. Also a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And again, that's like a fun yeah. adventure. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to pay attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like it and the Goonies kind of fall in that category of like, it's just fun. Yeah. Like it's a fun, makes escapist. you feel good escapist movie. Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, Overboard. Mm-hmm. Very also. strange movie. Though. <laughs> and they just recently remade it. <laughs> what a weird plot for a movie. It's, it's problematic. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that one. Yeah. Okay. We'll unpack that one. Adventures in Babysitting. Okay. Yeah. Again, yeah. the original, not the Jonah Hill remake. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Which I think is called like Babysitter. Okay. It's like a ripoff. Uh, the Warriors. The Warriors. It's from the, the 80s Warriors and it's Bell. about um, rival gangs in New York. Oh, okay. And all of the gangs, there's supposed to be a truce in a, a, amongst all of the gangs in New York, but in reality, um, Every single gang, there's like a hit out for the Warriors. So every gang in New York is after the Warriors, which is another gang. And the Warriors have to make it back to their borough, like their their zone. Okay. um, Before like the night is out. But like every gang in New York is after them. Okay. So again, it's kind of like an Escape from New York Goonies movie. Okay. I think it's considered like a cult classic. Um, I don't know. I grew up with it. Never heard of it, yeah. it's, It's a good one. And then okay. my bonus movies. Yeah. You thought this was really funny. Yeah. The Crow. Yeah, that's why would you ever watch <laughs> The Crow when you're staying in? Like, The Crow to me is, is not a movie to lift yourself up. No, like, it's not going to, I don't know. I, my picks weren't necessarily, like, cheery. But if that you're broken your wrist thinking. and you have the flu, don't you want to, like, feel good and, like, have a good time and, like, watch movies and, like, escape? Like, I don't feel, I don't even feel like The Crow is good at escape. Like, I think it's too strange. You think it's too dark? Well, it's dark. It's weird. And it, I mean, if you know anything about the history I know of Brandon the production. Lee died. Yeah, like, that's kind of, but it also, it's still hard to follow if you're even remotely half paying attention. Like, you have to be, you have oh. to sit down and be ready to watch The Crow, I feel. Okay, that's fair. I mean, That's it's just one of my. It funny. It's just one of my favorite movies, and it's a movie that I watch <laughs> yeah. all the time. It just to me doesn't fit in with the rest of your list. <laughs> I know because my second bonus one is the Princess, Princess Bride, Bride, which makes so much sense. <laughs> like the Princess Bride, The Secret Garden, Pretty Woman, Clueless, Dirty Dancing to some extent, The Goonies, Escape from New York, Overboard. Like I understand how that could yeah. exist on one list, and then you put the crow in there, and now I'm confused as to what Maybe the list is. <laughs> I guess that's the Taylor pick. That's I guess the, so, you know yeah. that's the. Th- that's how you know it's a Taylor list. Well, if Megan's <laughs> listening, don't watch The Crow. That would be my suggestion. I would watch so, yeah, anything wait, else. Wait till your wrist is healed. Yeah, like, I would, st- like, off of your list, like, I think this was a great list. Thank you. I, a lot of these I would agree with is really good to kind of just... Veg out. Yeah, veg out. I mean, Overboard is problematic for many other reasons. It's just weird. Like, what an odd idea for a movie. I know. Like, it's a revenge movie. Yeah, the idea of, like, someone's evil to you, and then they get into an accident, and you trick them into thinking they have a fake life with you. Like, it just and seems so... And a horrible so, life. Yeah, like, it just seems so... I don't know. Strange, yeah. But, but it, otherwise, yeah, I, I think that if you're watching most of these movies, it's, they're good to escape. And one thing I will say about all these movies is that they do a pretty good job of, like, establishing the characters in the world they're mm-hmm. in you do kind of fall into it like even though like i'm not a huge fan of clueless i get it yeah because you really do become part of that 
world. Yeah, these are almost like world building movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty Woman's like a pretty straight, just kind of like urban, yeah. but yeah. it's still but like it's, still... it's a fairy tale, the fantasy. Yeah, of... and they really like her character and Richard Gere's character. Like you really do get to know them. Like their you chemistry really do. is amazing. Yeah, and, and I charts. feel like that kind of draws you in into the world in a way. That's another thing with like stay in movies. You kind of want a world to. I agree. To be in. I agree. Definitely. So almost like, almost like. Um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But that one is just too long. Yeah. That's another thing. You don't want a movie that's like four hours. If you're not going anywhere and you know you're not, like you're stuck on the couch or like the flu's really hit you. Yeah. I would say pop in the Lord of the Rings because. Or like a that, Harry Potter. Yeah. Because that gives you four hours of sleep. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But maybe I'm going to reserve my Lord of the Rings for another list. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But, um, okay, so do you just want to give us the list again? Like, just run yeah, for sure. through 1 through 10 so everyone can hear them? We got Pretty Woman, Clueless, Dirty Dancing, the original, Saved, The Secret Garden, The Goonies, Escape from New York, Overboard, Adventures in Babysitting, The Warriors, and then our bonus ones, which are a little bit controversial. <laughs> The Crow and The Princess Bride. Yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't put The Mike, Crow on Mike there, really but, thinks yeah. that you should avoid yeah. The Crow. I agree with, with 11 of the 12 Would you? But would listed. you recommend The Crow on a different list, or are you just like an anti-Crow? No, I, I'm fine with The Crow. I would say if you want to... Like, it's it's an action... It's a dark action adventure movie, but I would say The Crow would belong on a list of movies that you're ready to sit down and be like really focus on the movie and do nothing okay. else but watch the movie. It would be on that list. I'd also put it on a list of, like, it would be a movie I would recommend watching of, like, superhero movies that aren't really superhero movies the way right. you recognize them, yeah. but other types of superhero mm-hmm. movies, which I have a whole category of those where it's either comedies about superheroes right. or it's dark takes on superheroes. Like, it, I think it belongs on those types of lists Like as V well. for Vendetta. V for Vendetta is a good example of them. Um, uh, Unbreakable is a good example um, the mystery man is a good comedy yeah. for that type of thing. Like, I feel like that the crow does belong on some lists. I'm fine with the crow. I just, yeah, I think it's, it's an a little outlier. dark and yeah, Fair to enough. me, it's just Fair enough. the only point I was making was you just named 12 movies and one of them stuck out like a sore thumb. So <laughs> <laughs> that was my, Fair. that was my only point. I like it. I like yeah. it. That's good. <laughs> Great. So there you go. There's movies from Taylor that she's saying, stay in on a cozy night. Yes. Watch these movies. I hope, I hope Megan appreciates that. I hope so. I hope she feels better soon. But yeah, that, I mean, that sucks to kind of be hit with the flu and also like. I'm sorry, she doesn't actually have the flu. It was oh. compared like oh, she has she, like, the broken the wrist. Oh. I'm saying like gotcha. if you have the flu or a broken wrist. If she got sick now too, that would be even worse. Knock on so, wood. Knock on wood on that. <laughs> um, okay, so that's that's our I guess top ten list for today. I don't know if we're gonna do that all the time. It's not they're like fun they're now. fun. Yeah, they're they're kind of cool. Um, so let's talk about a beautiful boy that we both saw. Beautiful boy. Weekend. No A. No A. Beautiful Boy. <laughs> it's just called Beautiful Boy. Yes. Let's talk about it. I liked it, um, and I saw it with Megan, uh, the inspiration for this list. Um, <laughs> we both agreed that it kind of started off a little bit melodramatic, a little bit after-school special, and then it kind of uh, found its feet. Um, we were talking earlier. It's with the subject matter, and no spoiler. This isn't a spoiler. It's about uh, drug addiction mm-hmm. and how a family kind of deals with the drug addiction. I feel like um, it's very difficult to address this subject matter not melodramatically. Yeah, for sure. And 
as I was watching it, I thought like, okay, sometimes I do that when I'm watching a movie and there's something I don't like. I think, how would I fix this if I was the director or the editor? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I just couldn't think how I would fix it. And maybe it's just the nature of the subject matter. You know what I mean? Like maybe there is no other way to make a drug addiction story, but um, it's not within my capacity to kind of improve the movie. So like, I would say, yes, it was good. And I enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy a movie like this. Yeah. It was definitely intense for sure. Like it definitely is not a um, a high level of entertainment in the way of like, you're just like having a great time watching this movie eating popcorn. (laughs) Like it's, it's pretty, it, it gets to some pretty intense places. Like there was some moments where I thought I was going to, tear up Mm. a little bit it also made me petrified that my child's gonna be a drug addict my future child it definitely did you feel that way presents that it absolutely presents you can do everything you like that's how it feels you can be the perfect parent Um, and your kid will be an addict and i think that that's actually to the movie's credit in a lot of ways like one of the things i really liked about beautiful boy was that they were pretty realistic at times. Like I felt the same way you yeah. did where, yeah, at the beginning, a little melodramatic. I think it's, I do agree that it's hard to deal with the subject matter mm-hmm. and not go that direction, mm-hmm. but they did a pretty good job of giving a realistic take of, I tried to put myself in Steve Carell's position. Who plays the who dad. Who plays the dad. Um, where I'm like, okay, how would I, what would I say and do to handle this differently? And I don't, I, I can I can see every action that was taken and why it was taken. Yeah. And that's to the movie's credit. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of can see on all sides, like every character, they, they gave you such interesting looks into who they are mm-hmm. and the mystery around. The whole movie is basically about Steve Carell trying to figure out his son and this yeah. situation. Why he's a drug yeah. addict and, and what he can do. And I feel like you as an audience are taking along that journey in a very mm-hmm. well done way. Like you're taking along that journey of you're also trying to figure it out. You're also trying to see and you're also trying to be in there where you are feeling sympathy and you are involved in this. Um, and I thought that to the movie's credit, they did a great job um, of making that story believable and interesting mm-hmm. and kind of taking you along for it. Um, my only real major criticism of the film was i felt with some of the editing and the way the direction was done there's a lot of time jumps in the movie very confusing yeah i was so confused as to where we were and when like it always took me a a, even like a minute or two and then the and then the jump was over to realize where we were Mm -hmm. and what just happened and i feel like the movie could have done a better job of explaining this is where we are at each point in time it could be especially because timothy chalamet pretty much other than when he was really, really young, played himself through he, high school and through yeah, university. Yeah, he plays himself from, like, 17 uh, until... Yeah. But again, you don't even know how old he is when the movie ends. I would guess, like, like because he does go to college, so like, early 20s? That was another... We, Megan and I, didn't know if he finished college in the movie. Because there's a graduation, and it's kind of hard to tell where yeah. it sits. Yeah. If it's a high school or college. So, And another confusing thing, we talked about this, is that... Uh, the siblings mm-hmm. are played by the same child actors and they don't grow. They don't really age, yeah. Which makes you think that this is happening in the span of a year. Yeah, and re- when really you're seeing, I mean, there's some obvious clips when when um, the son is so young that Steve Carell is like working with like a literal child yeah. versus when whenever Timothy Chalamet is there it is confusing because you're really talking about what could be 10 years. Yeah. But it's hard to tell where you are. Yeah, yeah. like 
has has he spiraled into addiction yeah. within one year yeah. or is this like a, a decade worth of drug abuse yeah, exactly it's hard to tell yeah. because and that's literally just the editing and there's a few moments where they do try to tell you like they talk about timelines and mm-hmm. you do see a little bit but I still think it's confusing, and it wasn't. I, I agree with yeah, you. That yeah. would be my major yeah. complaint. But that's really my complaint. Like that was it. And like, you otherwise, had one. Well, this is yeah. I was going to say this, this is more yeah personal. Yeah, it's we'll talk about it in a second. But overall, movie wise, I thought good, really good movie. Like I'm well executed. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say see it. Yeah, because I do think it's a well executed, well done movie. Very interesting. Has multiple things to say and does it in a realistic way. Um, and I think the acting performances overall were quite good oh, yeah. across the board. Yeah. And if you just kind of want to be in up on your Oscar yeah. noms, this, this is, will be one yeah. to keep an eye on. It, it really, I don't, again, knowing the Oscars, it's probably going to be one of those movies that is nominated for five or six Oscars and wins nothing, but yeah. will probably at least get nominated mm-hmm. for several things. I would not be surprised, and I wouldn't even disagree, if they gave like nominations for Steve Carell, yep. for Timothy Chalamet, um, you know, maybe for writing. You Even know? the 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 stepmom. Oh yeah, she was um, really good. Oh, what's the, what's her name? Yeah, she's so recognizable. She was, yes, she's been in a lot of movies. Like she was quiet, quite good. like quiet performance, but yeah, quite really good. great. Yeah, watch for her in wouldn't, the van scene. Actually, and I wouldn't be surprised or disagree if she was you know best yeah. supporting actress like her. I think she deserves yeah, it. Yeah, I would definitely. Yeah. My biggest thing was the soundtrack. I thought it was really uneven. Mm. Uh, I think at some point it was a mix between score and song selections. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just didn't hit the mark. Like at some point, at some points it even felt like it was the score to a horror movie, mm. which again kind of gave it that after school feel like mm. drugs are bad. Like that's mm. what the music was saying. And it's like, we know meth is pretty bad. But uh, <laughs> yeah. spoiler I, alert, there's meth. <laughs> that's the drug of choice in this movie. It's not the only one. I mean, there's lots. It's a cocktail. Too, but yeah, yeah, but it's kind meth of, is yeah. kind of the big yeah. one. Um, OK, so, yeah, my other point that we were going to talk about. I mean, this is really a personal opinion about Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. So I it's kind of related to our Casey Affleck conversation. Kind of. And I think Steve Carell seems like a nicer person. So you want to give him the benefit so of the doubt? Give, I, want to, I, want to, I want to root for Steve Carell. But yes, in the similar vein to our Casey Affleck conversation, I think the jury for me is out on Steve Carell because I do not – I'm not willing to sit here and say he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. I think he has so far played dads very well because think of like the movies where usually you know he gets a lot of buzz for. He's often playing a dad. Yeah. And I and he's you know he's played funny dad he's played mean dad he's played nice dad he can do that very well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a movie coming out later this year with him in it that I'm very excited mm-hmm. about um, because I think that you might see something different. But there's something about Steve Carell when he's acting that every time he goes to that intense place and he raises his voice and he yells he just sounds like hysterical Michael Scott from The Office. Like he can't. It doesn't shake. feel genuine. Yeah. He, he, it. It seems like put on yelling. Like as a fake po- yelling yes. to a kid to like scare, like, you know, yeah. a parent does like a fake. I just can't take it seriously in the same way where a lot of really good actors, I think, can become a chameleon. And when they're intense mm-hmm. and when they're yelling, you you are really immersed in that. Mm-hmm. But for Steve Carell, even though I will say I thought he did a great job 
in in this movie wonderful performance i've seen him in several movies where i thought he he does excellent work and he deserves oscar nominations but for me if i was running the oscars and it really was about best actor not about politics if it was about best Mm -hmm. i would nominate steve carell but i don't know if i would even to this point, have seen anything to say you are the best actor because of the year. overall he kind of always plays the same. I think he does a good job with what he does. The one trick M- pony, much like we talked about with Casey Affleck, yeah. like he he's got his thing that he does really well. I want to see more, and I, there is a movie as I said I can't remember the name of it right now, but there is a movie coming out for Oscar season as well. So this is gonna he's got two movies this year. Good for him. Um, yeah, good for him. Yeah, I wish him all the best. That I think he maybe is gonna go to a new place and he's maybe right. gonna do something interesting. I just don't think he did it with this movie. Yep. I think he he played a dad. He played a dad. He played a dad very well. A very loving dad. Yep, and and you the character is well developed mm-hmm. and he does a great job with it. I just think there are certain little things and it's being extremely nitpicky i i realize that but there are little things that steve carell does where i'm like ah, oh, you okay this is the thing you do gimmicky yeah it's just again it's just it's some it's the tone of his voice it's the I know, way his it's voice very unique sounds. it's yeah. like a his inflection yeah i i would say my only other i agree with you the the yelling was just kind of like oh that's kind of a <laughs> That's embarrassing. But um, I also wish they would have used um, the San Francisco uh, scenery more. Hmm. I would have thought. And maybe that would have made it seem less after school if we saw. If they used kind of more of the vistas and stuff. Hmm. Again, that's very nitpicky. I had the same suggestion as if as if my opinion matters. But I had the same <laughs> feeling with the old man and the gun. I wish that they had used the scenery mm. more. Mm. I, th- I really like when directors use kind of the scenery as a character, especially because San Francisco is kind of like a notable city. And yeah, yeah. To like juxtapose like the, the nature with like urban decay. I think they could have done that in a more interesting way. But again, that's just, you know, wish list in terms of movie. And I think I think it's a testament to the movie that we're sitting here and we're talking about scenery. Exactly. Like that that means you did a great job and if we're nitpicking like Old Man and the we're Gun. We're reaching. Yeah, Old Man and the Gun and Beautiful Boy are two very good movies. Yeah. We were I'm very happy that we've broken the the streak of not great movies and saw mm-hmm. two really great ones in a row that I will get well-deserved Oscar buzz. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more. I just think, yeah, there's always little nitpicky things to, to talk about. You know, in a perfect of, you know, world, what would we have in a movie? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But uh, but all in all, I'm I'm giving it a see it. Me too. So we've got two see it's. Go check out Beautiful Boy playing now at the screening room. Um, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. No. Uh, anytime soon. You should go check it out. Um, and hopefully on time. Yes, go on time. Don't talk during the movie. Um, and uh, this week, we're going to go check out the Sisters Brothers, I think yes, is the name of the I, movie. <laughs> I need to correct myself. Accidentally, last week, I thought that it was coming out this past weekend, but it's, it's coming out this, this weekend. weekend. Yeah. So that will be the right in time for a mustache uh, movie. we got a Western <laughs> to talk about uh, next week where we'll be seeing the Sisters Brothers. So hopefully um, good facial hair. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping to. And I've also, I still haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about Free Solo, also playing at the mm. screening room, about mount, mountain climbing. It's probably pretty intense. Like, it sounds like cinematography-wise, if you're afraid of heights, you've got <laughs> something coming to you. But, Skip it. But I've heard, I've heard nothing but good Me things. Too. So that's another recommendation if you're looking for something to do this weekend. And a little bit different because it it's a doc. Yeah. Yeah, documentary. Cool. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to uh, dive into our, uh, our next segment.
it's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, a living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. J.K. Rowling sues former employee for buying too many cats, the witchiest crime of all. So, what? I know. Sometimes I get a lot of my headlines from the AV Club, and they kind of do, like, jokey headlines. But trust me, the articles are good. So, um, J.K. Rowling had a personal assistant, I think, for—she worked for her for maybe uh, one or two years. And essentially, um, Rowling is now suing the uh, personal assistant because she used— sort of a a company credit card or I don't really know if you can call it like a company credit card if it's just if you're a personal assistant but essentially the credit card meant for business she was using it for personal um, purchases to purchase two cats and she purchased two cats (laughs) as some of those personal purchases and and allegedly she um, stole like Harry Potter merchandise and things like that so um, J.K. Rowling I think it's like uh, over 20,000 pounds so like right that's like a pretty substantial yeah yeah this uh, is like but uh the employee says that um she did not do those things and that no harm has come to jk rowling so i think she's saying like she's so rich why does it matter i don't know i obviously because am not it's still stealing like it doesn't matter if it like you know if it's a credit card used for business if you're using it for non-business things and then not like reimbursing yeah the, the company or whatever because even you have to realize like even if it's a personal credit card like jk rowling is a is more of a you know a brand a, a brand mm-hmm. so you have to kind of treat it like a business so and i mean it's pretty bold of this woman to say she's innocent when there's financial records and it's pr- it, it is pretty funny that it's it's cats she bought two wit, two cats i wish i knew what breed <laughs> they were cool okay (laughs) what's the next headline no need to hide your cats the elf reboot is dead not a great point i didn't even know they were making remaking elf um yeah i think they were gonna make an elf movie and they decided now no yep they had no uh yeah no buyers essentially you know no one who wanted to back the film or be the platform where do you kind of stand on this like are you saying for you is it not a great plan because you wanted this movie or not a great plan because you never wanted this movie uh, maybe because i never wanted the movie i uh, yeah do i think it's it's bad news that the reboot is dead no i, I, don't, I don't think <laughs> i mean i was never um an elf elf is a little bit before my time i think it was really big in the 80s or yeah. like the early 90s yeah. i remember watching um reruns um, when I was like maybe eight to ten, but I never saw it when it actually aired on TV. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Do you have strong feelings about Elf? No, I I think I know who Elf is, so I must have watched it. The alien. Um, yeah, like I know yeah. I know who it is, okay. and I would know I would know him to yeah. see him. 
I don't remember watching it, but I must have. I would have to ask my parents as to whether or not I watched it. I think Elf. it was the reruns were on TBS. Like, I would have been, if it, if it was out in the late 80s and early 90s, like, I would have been, like, in the early 90s, I would have been, like, four, five, six, seven. Like, I would have been yeah. quite young. So maybe. But, yeah, the reruns probably were on in, like, the late 90s, yeah. early 2000s. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, anyways... It's not a good plan for any elf fans. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't know what was happening, so I'm not that crushed that it's not happening. I think I heard like buzz about it, mm. but again, you know, I'm not a diehard, so I can go without. It is good. He does eat cats. Yeah, that's like his thing, I guess. Yeah, or there's like lots <laughs> of jokes that he eats cats. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think, like, I don't know because I don't remember the show, but I, I doubt they ever showed him eating a cat i think the, the article i read was like you're gonna miss out on all the cat eating puns yeah i think there yeah. was a lot like, like puns about i don't it, think yeah. they could especially in the late 80s early 90s i don't think <laughs> yeah, they were allowed like, <laughs> to they show weren't showing like alf like devouring a cat in front of like, today the they would oh for sure yeah don't no, today hbo would, yeah. the hbo oh, elf. the hbo elf. <laughs> yeah that would be great okay what's the next headline avengers 4 runtime is currently three hours not a great point I love it. Yeah, this is a not I'm a good plan, depending on where you stand on uh, movie lengths. I think three hours is too long for any movie except The Avengers. Fair enough. I will sit there for five hours. I don't care. <laughs> just, give, just give it yeah, to me. Yeah, <laughs> I will watch seven of them in a row. I don't care. I, I, three hours? That's not enough, I say. I should, um, again, this tie, you know, you headlines are always just a tiny bit misleading. They want you to read the article. So this is currently, it stands at three hours, but they still have half have the movie to edit. To edit. Yeah. I mean, what is, is, so it's November now. It's coming out in um, May, I think. Is it July? I'm, I'm, I apologize. It, I don't know. It's but... either coming out in May. I think it's coming out next May. So probably their first sort of cut is done. Yeah. And they're into sort of second or third stage editing. Because mm -hmm. I think generally movies are edited more or less up until a month or so. Mm -hmm. Because usually a month before a movie, they start doing their press tours. Yeah. And they start um, having critics screen. Mm -hmm. And then the critics have to keep quiet for several weeks because there's an embargo and that comes out. So I would imagine, yeah, they've gone... Th this three-hour run is after maybe the second cut or something. I know the article mentioned specific shots. Like, it starts with, like, a V. It's, like, an acronym. And I wasn't sure, like, what kind of shots these were so and they said that that takes a lot of time to edit mm. um so maybe it's like a special uh camera they use for like yeah like well cgi i don't know yeah because a lot of the movie is cgi so there's probably quite a bit of rendering and and actual like layering <clears throat> of things on the film that they have to do yeah, yeah. so that may make it shorter because they're cutting things out yeah, i yeah. don't know so anyways you think it is a good plan that it's three hours yeah i mean I, yeah I, i'll sit through it like it doesn't it, i even though i'm a huge um fan of these movies i i generally still don't let my fandom get in the way right. of me critically looking no i think that they do a really good job of immersing you in a world all of the Marvel movies do a great job of creating a world for you. So for me, it doesn't ever seem like the time that it right. is. Like I, Infinity War was two and a half hours long, and I, the, on on second watch of it, 
I, I was like, this doesn't seem two and a half hours long. This is extremely short. This I can tell 15 you. 15 minutes. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I say, yes, bring on the three hour right. long movie. Great. Bring it on. Okay, what's the next headline? Satanic Temple summons all the forces of darkness, gets its lawyers to sue the Netflix Sabrina show. Not a great plan. I heard about this uh, a while ago when this happened. And when I they think like this first made the best their thing threats. I've ever heard. Yeah. I didn't know um, that this was kind of like brewing, <laughs> pun intended, um, like a witch's cauldron brewing. No, I got it. I got it. I, I, I got it. <laughs> um, but uh, I knew, even, so I didn't know this background, but I've been watching the show, and it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, and I was watching it, and inside the, so essentially what the Satanic Temple is suing them for is inside the witch school that some of the scenes take place. At the center of the school is a giant statue of Satan um, as, like, you know, kind of the goat or the Mm -hmm, ram. mm -hmm. And there's two small children, like, looking up at him, like, adoringly, and his hands are out. And I immediately recognized that as the statue from the Satanic Temple. Like, it's it's their statue. A couple Mm. years ago, they unveiled it, I want to say, in Philadelphia. Like, in a major city, it it made a lot of news because... um, they were kind of coming out and saying, if you can display crosses, then we should be allowed to display mm-hmm. our satanic mm-hmm. devil. So anyway, so it's a very recognizable statue. And I remember watching it, like first seeing it in the show. And huh, I wonder how they got permission <laughs> to show that. Mm-hmm. The kicker is they did not get permission to show it. So now um, the satanic temple or I don't know, I guess Church of Satan, whatever they're called, is um, suing Netflix because they didn't ask permission and mm-hmm. they uh, they own... Um, the intellectual property behind this statue because it was designed by one of the church members. Yeah, and that's the important distinction because what I read about sort of copyright law is religious figures technically because the churches who are, that are associated with any religious figure right. are admitting that they are real, mm-hmm. that there is no intellectual property. But, oh. but so, so to... A cross, for example, right. or say um, a, a picture of Jesus right. is not copyrighted by anyone. Right. You cannot own the rights to it. But if you, Taylor, or me, Mike, made a homemade cross right. and someone stole it, it's my intellectual property. Okay. So that's that's the approach they're taking in court is we are not admitting that this is a this is fake or fiction. We are saying this is a real person, but it's our designer who mm-hmm. created this that has now been stolen. And that's where it's an issue because they basically like stole that style, yeah. not necessarily the physical statue. Right. So that's where the kind of issue is in, in the court system because I read quite a bit about this because I was I thought the exact same thing is how would they get permission for that yeah. apparently you don't have to but right. when you are taking someone's version of something mm-hmm. that's when intellectual property comes into play and it's if it's not an exact copy it's a remark it's pretty close because yeah. I was able to yeah. immediately recognize so it. that's what they're arguing they're saying that that's that's why we're suing they're them. also suing for um sort of uh not slander but like a similar like legal yeah that like again they're like giving the church yeah. of satan a bad name yeah yeah, yeah. um so <laughs> good i mean it's a free society they're allowed to mm-hmm. uh you know it's one of these their things that i don't know how far it'll go because just like let's forget the morality of everything for a second and just talk legally there's actually like a big question mark here and i think that makes it hard for 
the church to argue against Netflix because mm-hmm. there are all these loopholes. And right. all the, like so, it is sort of it's that's the approach they're taking, but it is a tough. Yeah, like they anyway. want to be recognized by a church, yeah. but then if that's the point, if that's what yeah. they want, yeah. then they have to follow the church yeah. rules or whatever. Yeah, like so. you know the. The Catholic Church can't sue a movie for having a cross in the background. Yeah. Um, but they could if they stole that cross from a specific church. Or right. That type, you know, like a very where, recognizable yes, that they, Vatican that they, statue. Yeah. And generally the rule is that they physically take. But I don't know in terms of design law, too. Right. Because a, a graphic designer or a architect or a designer does have the intellectual right to what they yeah. have. So I've, I've actually done quite a bit of research on this. And it's hmm. fascinating because it, it is kind of... I don't. I don't even know if the courts know where it's going to go. That's why it's gotten yeah, this far. Yeah, it's un. Yeah. It's unraveling. Yeah, so it's very interesting to me. And it's just it's who the satanic temple just coming out of the woodwork. Of course, yeah. You know, yeah. never a dull moment. Oh, never. Not not <laughs> not when it comes to film or Netflix or no. any of that thing. Okay, what's the next headline? The Breaking Bad movie will supposedly be a direct sequel about Jesse Pinkman. Not a great point. I mean, does anybody care about Jesse? We both are admittedly not Breaking Bad fans, correct? No, we can go correct. on record yeah. saying, uh, I'll be honest, I watched maybe the first episode and couldn't get into it. People I, always, the, I tried the first couple and yeah. just couldn't do People it. People are always like, you just have to watch the first season. I don't think if the first season is that bad, is the rest of the show going to be that good? I know That's things like question, I know things like find their footing in the second season. Well, I felt I felt. You know, talk, speaking of The Office, I found, find, like, The Office found its footing in the second season. Yeah. And it didn't have a strong first season. But I've also found the opposite is true. Like, some shows have a really good first season mm-hmm. and then fall off. Like, the show Heroes had an amazing first season. And then the second season was just trash. So I think that, I don't know. I think that it's, it's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. It's hard. But anyway, so we um, don't have strong feelings about this headline. Mm-hmm. I would say it's not a good plan just because, again... We're getting an unoriginal yeah. story. Like, oh my gosh, do we need a Breaking Bad movie? It's because they know people will go. Like, this is the problem. Is it's it's this terrible circle of they know people are gonna go to see an intellectual property that they've recognized, yeah. and they're not gonna go see an independent new movie, which is that's not great because you end up you end up losing the creativity and you end up losing the innovation and. I thought the show even already had a spin-off show. Isn't that Better Call Saul? Yeah, that's yeah. that's There's like the, spin-off, the yeah. spin-off. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I personally don't need that. But again, I'm not a Breaking Bad fan. So people who are obsessed with the show may very well be happy to have a sequel. Yeah, maybe and so. if they like Jesse, good. 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 Okay, what's the next headline? Taron Egerton isn't appearing in the next Kingsman movie. Not a great point. Which is a shame. Because he's quite good. He's a very talented actor. Um, he's, I would say he's, uh, he kind of does carry, he really carried that second movie. And I think charis- he, his charisma. Yeah, right? like I, I think he's, I think he, for a young actor, he's going to have a really bright future. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I agree with you. He's, he's very talented. I didn't see the second one, but I loved the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know the second one kind of had mixed reviews, but, yeah, but it's fun. It was a fun yeah. movie. And it's based on a graphic novel. So they have a lot of material to work with. Yeah. Um, so anyways, again, uh, this, this headline is a little bit misleading. It's because the next Kingsman movie actually isn't a direct sequel. It's a prequel movie. So it's going to be set during world mm, war one and the founding 
of the Kingsman. Okay, that's that's interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I could, yeah. And the actor who's in it's gonna is a really great British actor. He was um, the he was in um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Ralph, not Fines. Yeah, I'm I'm ninety percent sure it's Ralph Fines who's gonna be kind of the founding father of cool. this. And he's, okay. he's so great. I love him. I would be on board. Because he can do good. straight drama and yeah. also comedy. Yeah. So okay. um, anyway, so Taron Egerton's kind of like, oh, I'm not in the next one, but like I am going to be involved with the other Kingsman movies. But we'll see whether this, uh, this spinoff or this prequel will kind of have the star power mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, keep itself afloat without him. Definitely. Because, um, whether or not the story material will be strong enough on its own. But if if I'm right and Ralph Fiennes is the lead, I think it will be a pretty good movie. Yeah, I would say, like, that gets me more interested now. To, to hear he's involved in it and to know it's, like, you know, set back at the beginning and it's something new. Like, that's the thing about sequels. If you can bring something really new into it mm-hmm. and set it in a completely different time, then you're going to get the most creative results. So I'm, I'm on board for that. And it sounds like this is going to be kind of this franchise. There's going to be kind of like how Star Wars is doing it right now. There'll be direct sequels, but then there'll also be kind of like world-building movies. Interesting. Jeez. Um, I would have never have thought when that movie first came yeah. out that we would be in this situation. <laughs> it seems kind it of like is, a one-off. It was, a, you know, the first movie was very, very good. Second movie had mixed results, but I still thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Okay. We have time for uh, one more. Matthew McConaughey could have played Jack in Titanic. Not a great point. Come on. We all want that. I, I kind of would have liked to see a Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is Jack in Titanic. I feel like he's always, like, he's perpetually been 35. So it would have been interesting to see him, like, as a perpetually 35-year-old playing Jack who's, like, 18. <sighs> Just like just his laid back attitude to anything. <laughs> all I, right, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, just like you know, ugh. I can't. I can't do a good Matthew McConaughey impression, but I just I'm imagining him. Everyone can hear his voice. Oh yeah, just imagine. Just go watch Titanic and just put his voice over Leonardo DiCaprio. I would watch it an edit. The funniest movie. I would watch an edit of Matthew McConaughey like edited into yeah. Titanic. Yeah, yeah. His character from Dazed and Confused is just Jack. That's great. Um, again, you know, you have to take these things kind of with a grain of salt. What the headline means is that uh, Matthew McConaughey was up for the role in the sense that he auditioned for it. He even did a script reading with okay. Kate Winslet. Okay. So that does mean that he made it like pretty yeah. far yeah, in casting. Yeah, would be pretty far. But he was never uh, offered the role. He was mm. actually kind of um, bummed because he thought he really rocked the audition and mm. that he kind of had it in the bag and he wanted it. So um, I don't know. I In an alternative timeline, there is a Matthew, a Matthew McConaughey Titanic, and I wish go. I lived in that timeline. There you go. The best timeline. Well, that that's it for today's show um, for Screening in Kingston. Thank you to everyone uh, for tuning in today. Uh, join us next week for our mustache episode. Yes. We'll be talk- sending to us as well, like, your thoughts on what are pictures. the best. Send I would love pictures. some yeah. pictures on Twitter. Yeah, Please. and, and we'll, we'll look at some, and uh, we'll chat about... Uh, chat about that soon so we'll see you next week go see some movies